goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, my friends, uh, to the Thursday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour here on WABC. Talk Radio 77, yes, indeed, we are the crown jewel of American radio. And if you would like to be part of today's program, all you have to do is pick up your telephone. 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us. 800-848-9222. Thursday means I have a conversation with Andrew Giuliani, which I am looking forward to. We're going to do it early this week. Since Andrew's been sitting in for America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, he's here. And so we can just talk now. Hey, Andrew, how are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing well. You know, last week when we talked, I think there was uh, buses honking in the background. So I'm glad we can have the clear reception right from WABC Studios here. Absolutely. So let me start out by asking you a very simple question, Andrew. Um, are you a Republican? <laughs> Um, I guess, uh, that I, you know what, maybe, should I answer it the way that the, that the Harvard, MIT, and, uh, and UPenn professors answered with a long answer <laughs> instead of just a simple yes or no? I guess yes is the right answer to that question. I guess Wilkie, Far, you know, my Wilkie Far lawyers aren't behind me trying to tell me, well, if you gotta say it this way. So, so yes, I guess is the right answer. <laughs> so it doesn't depend on the context. You are a Republican. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's correct. Okay, so now I have another question for you. Why do you want to kill Hunter Biden? <laughs> that is no. a great. You're, you're, he said that Republicans are trying to kill him. Yeah, that's what he's saying. You are a Republican, so why are you trying to kill Hunter Biden? I didn't realize actually having him answer questions by our representatives in Congress was actually uh, trying to kill him because. I guess that means the Democrats want to kill, let's see, Don Jr., Steve Bannon, Peter Navarro, Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani. I can go on and on and on and on and on and on about this, but those are the five that just came right to the top of mind. Okay. Now, he said Hunter Biden did, and now today there's another story in the Daily Mail. Hunter Biden fears he will have to flee. He will have to flee the United States of America if Donald Trump is elected, he told friends he might have to leave. And of the insiders, they're all worried about President Joe Biden, the toll. And so Hunter Biden says Republicans are trying to kill him. What they're trying to do, they're trying to kill me. He says, knowing that there will be a pain greater than my father could be able to handle. So therefore destroying the presidency in that way. This is what he told the musician Moby right. during a, 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 a podcast. It's good to know that Moby is the one who's getting all the answers out of out of Joe Biden. You know, James, I want to ask you this here from your perspective. And by the way, if he does flee, I hope he goes and takes a tour of the Renaissance artist. Maybe his art could actually be worth something and be decent versus what it is. But legitimately here, do you think that this is a political strategy now by the Biden political team Rather than just his lawyers in terms of trying to, they've seen how low Biden's approval ratings are, how high his unfavorables are, and they've realized that maybe the one way they can try to get a little sympathy from the American people 
is saying, look, my my son is a drug addict. He's been going through such terrible stuff. And Republicans, if you've said, are trying to kill him, as he said, are trying to kill him. Do you think this is a political strategy by? Absolutely. I do, too. 100 percent. 100 percent. It's all political strategy. And I think it's going to fall flat. And this business that he tried to get out in front of, just like dad. Oh, my dad was never involved in my business. Yeah, right. I mean, for anyone that's been paying attention to these stories, of course, this is absolute nonsense. The idea that his dad was not involved in his business. All you have to do is question the, the line of communications, the, the emails, the alias uh, 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 that Joe Biden used to conduct business with with not only Hunter but with other business partners of Hunter. Yeah, I think right now the spotlight is on them. You know, by the way, I don't know whether you had a chance to see this, Andrew. The House Judiciary Committee uh, uh, put out a video the other day that walks Americans through the entire case of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden leading up to the vote that they took to formalize the impeachment inquiry. And I have to tell you, uh, Andrew, many of us have sat on the sidelines for years and and said, you know, what is wrong with the Republicans? They can't message very simple things. This video, of course, it did not get covered by the mainstream press. Mm -hmm. But if you go to the House Judiciary site... You can find it. Jim Jordan's uh, site has Jim Jordan sent me a direct uh, um, a DM with it. It is actually a very good video. Runs about five minutes and forty seconds, and it will take you through the details that led us to this point. And they did a surprisingly good job with it. And, and you know what? I think the point that you made is absolutely because I did see this video. It is really fantastic. It's very clear for the American people to see. And uh, when we talk about Republicans messaging, to me, so much of this has just been that the Democrats have the advantage of the leftist media as an echo chamber, repeating, repeating, repeating. So all of a sudden, the allegations become facts and Republicans are kind of uh, yelling into a Grand Canyon where very few are listening. And that's obviously the importance, as I've said time and time again, about WABC. Um, but about people that will be willing to actually go out there against the grain and actually, I mean, it's amazing to think, reporters going out there against the grain and covering the truth. But the fact that the House Judiciary Committee lays this out on a platter before there's even an impeachment inquiry where you can really enforce these subpoenas at a higher level, like the subpoenas of Hunter Biden. By the way, yesterday I found it so comical that Hunter Biden was willing to say, here I am, you're asking, where am I? Here I am for five and a half minutes, and I'm not going to answer any questions, certainly not under oath or even to the press. Now, let me just offer you a contrasting view to something you just said. Yes. About the Republicans in the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. I had, as you know, the amazing privilege to work uh, with for 30 years with Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. And the way that I view the American media landscape is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I believe that the conservative media, at least when Rush was alive, was just as powerful as the mainstream media. Press, which is why, Andrew, we have kind of a 50-50 divide in this country that has now lasted for almost three decades. Right. 
And, and, and this is, to me, here's the important part of that to me. The only thing that stops us from being confident in the media is that we don't, we don't ascribe to how powerful our own media is, meaning the alternative media. Right. Half the country understands what's going on here, and that's not by accident. That is directly related to what happened when Rush <clears throat> came into the American media scene. Back then, there were three networks that basically dictated to what 90% of the country thought mm-hmm. about any issue, combined with you know the New York Times, the Washington Post. Right now, that is not the case. Now, we have more fragmented media, and of course, um, conservatives are always under attack. One thing that would help, I really do believe this, is if we stopped trying to impress people mm-hmm. in the mainstream press. For instance, the RNC, here we go again. They're going to hold their last two primary debates on CNN. Why? Yeah. Why do you continue as conservatives to go on networks that are clearly your enemy? Why would you do it? Why would you subject your own candidates to that? Yeah. But we do it all the time. They pick these, the RNC picks these leftists continually to get in front of, to try to, I don't, I don't understand the reasoning. Yet, as powerful as talk radio is, you haven't been asked to moderate a debate. Right. You should. You are certainly qualified to do it. Mark Levin, uh, Sean, uh, any of the conservatives that deal with the news every single day. Yep. We have many, your dad. Many of them here, these they are media people, too. They're never asked to moderate debates. We still have to put up with the George Stephanopoulos's, the, <laughs> the Clinton political hack. It, so I just have a different way of um, of looking at this. James, I, you know what? It, it's And it really is, you're right. And I think the fact that Republicans, I think so many of them, really still try to uh, impress upon the CNNs and the Washington Post and the New York Times of the world. Um, I think that ultimately is what leads to, I think, the demise of some, some of the messaging. And, and you're, you're, you know what? It, it really is true. That perspective is absolutely right. And, uh, but to me, it, when you look at the RNC to go back to CNN time and time and time again what on this stuff with these people, it, CNN is getting worse ratings than, I mean, even I think they're, they've dropped to like fourth or fifth in some of the cable news ratings recently to some of the other, uh, conservative, cha- or I should say just, you know, media challengers out there. So I don't understand it at all. And I think it's a great point, And I think Republicans need to have a backbone. I-, I saw this time and time again, though, with and this is one of the things that I think the president can look at. I should say President Trump, if he ends up winning or whoever the next Republican president is. There's nothing in the Constitution that says the White House Correspondents Association needs to be the governing group that ultimately says who is in the White House or not. And actually, there's nothing. Absolutely. There's nothing that says that they need to have space in the West Wing. Now, ultimately, I would love to see the press still have space in the West Wing, but I would love to actually see a balanced press having space in the West Wing. You have two or three, what I would call just 
fair outlets in the White House press briefing room, and the others are leftist after leftist after leftist outlet. And I remember saying a couple times in communications meetings in the White House, look, if they're not going to cover your statement as the press secretary on their network, then don't call on them until they do, because basically what they're doing is they're setting you up for a, a setup question, a leading question, instead of seeing your full context there. So I think there are some solutions to this on top of the fact that they shouldn't be hosting debates. CNN shouldn't be hosting Republican debates. Let me introduce another topic that's off, off field from you, just because yeah. I just want to get your reaction to this. <laughs> this is Washington State. Let's go out to the far left coast of America, right? There is a new bill. That has been introduced, Andrew, by two Democrats out there, uh, state representatives Amy Wallen and another one named Liz Berry. It is a bill that they, I guess this is in response to uh, this big uh, climate powwow that's happening in Dubai. They want to ban gasoline-powered and diesel-powered landscaping equipment that includes... Gas-powered lawnmowers, gas-powered weed whackers, pressure washers, snow blowers. So in the middle of a, let's say they ever have a blizzard, they want you to run your electric cord through the snow, <laughs> your little battery snow blower that can't keep up with it, to, because, oh, no, gas is evil. We can't use gasoline. We can't have, you can't have your gas-powered lawnmower. This is... In in New York, as you know, Hochul here and the Democrats have already put measures in place so that you, the peasant class, will have to get rid of your gas stoves if they have their way in new built houses. Of course, Governor Hochul has a gas stove, but she <laughs> I doubt whether she'd ever get rid of hers. It's you. Just like Kath, uh, 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 Kamala Harris That's sent right. out a Christmas card <laughs> next to she and her hubby next to their gas stove. But they want you, the peasants, to get rid of your gas stuff so that you don't hurt the environment. What's your take on this? You know, I remember a while back that there was a push in eastern Oregon, I think it was, to become actually part of the state of Idaho. Well, my guess is that the people in eastern Washington are going to be looking and trying to become part of the of the state of, of Idaho as well. And Idaho, who knows, they may end up getting another electoral vote out of all of this. But, I mean, again, it's just going to drive people from these leftist states where things are just going to become unaffordable because of radical ideas like this. I remember President Trump about a month ago, I was at an event in Mar-a-Lago, and he was talking about how he expects there to one day be a push to have military tanks become all electric. So then that way, basically, the military tank is going to have to stop, look for a Tesla charging station, and then continue on to destroy the enemy. Because the climate warriors, the climate nut jobs out there are not going to want to have tanks Actually, with gas and oil. So, I mean, what point is that going to happen? You could see that happening at some point very soon because they obviously have just replaced religion with this climate zealotry that is just beyond, it's beyond imaginable. Well, one last story. You just mentioned President Trump. Do you know Paul Ryan by any chance? You know him. <laughs> well, I think you should ask him if he's a Republican. I think that should be the question you ask him, hey, to be honest. Well, he's out again. Trump's not a conservative. He's an authoritarian narcissist. And he's out uh, plugging uh, Liz Cheney, who, by the way, the New York Times claims her book is number one. 
on, on, on their charts. Uh, but according to Paul Ryan, Donald Trump is nothing but an, a populist authoritarian narcissist. And that's it. This is the guy that used every political weapon in his arsenal to stab, politically speaking, Donald Trump in the back during his entire time when he was the speaker and Donald Trump was presidency. I think that Paul Ryan's stock among the average rank-and-file Republicans is so low, it doesn't really matter what he thinks anymore. I agree, and I guess I must have missed when Donald Trump used the Department of Justice to go after his political uh his his number one political rival and his number one political rival's lawyer or use the fbi to declare that uh, that parents at school board meetings were uh domestic terrorists or that those who stood up for pro-life values were domestic terrorists and threats to the nation i guess i missed that or was that actually joe biden and his administration that did that oh, that would be that that would be that would be mr joe that's right that's right and, and so look I, I take what paul ryan says and it, you know what i guess it belongs along with the new york times and their book list as liz cheney being number one and like i've said a couple weeks back you know when i run out of toilet paper i look for my new york times because there's nothing that gives me more satisfaction than watching it flush down the toilet boom and on that happy note, we will say thank you, Andrew. Always a pleasure. Thank you, My James, friend, always as always. look forward to Thursday. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, 1968, this day Marvin Gaye scores his first the number one single. Oh, I heard it through the grapevine. Stayed up there for five weeks. His 15th solo hit. Written by Norman Whitfield, Barrett Strong. The song was recorded by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles before Marvin did it. And Gladys Knight and the Pips had a huge hit with this song. Then Marvin's version comes out. It's back at number one. And then years later, do you remember this? The Raisinettes. I don't think I was born yet for that. I I don't think you were born, Diego. It was a commercial for, like, the Raisinettes, and they were doing, like, Raisin Dances with this song. I heard it through the grapevine. It was huge. James, I remember it, and I love it. I love that commercial. I love it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the Raisinettes doing Marvin. They they had moves. They actually had moves. Exactly. (laughs) Coming back, 800-848-WABC, the number to reach us here. Known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Nineteen sixty nine. December fourteenth had to be a Sunday night because the Jackson Five showed up. First network television appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show. 
Jackson 5 on Ed Sullivan, 1969. Okay, uh, the Poison Ivy League. My, th- There is um, an amazing guy on the country named Jim Robinson. He's agent to the big celebrities, the big stars. He sent me a, uh, a text. There is a song by Elvis Presley, and it is called Poison Ivy League. And the song is basically mocking, mocking the upper crust Ivy League society. It's stunning to see that it was, I never knew this song existed. I must have missed that in the Elvis movies that I didn't watch. Um, I didn't watch many of the Elvis movies. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't watch them either. It's okay. I saw a few of them. I mean, I saw some, he was on some beach with some bikinis. I saw that part. Um, and then some of the other movies I didn't, I didn't see. Um, but anyway, the song is hilarious and it mocks the Ivy League. Well, the Ivy League, the Poison Ivy League has now got people defending the president, Claudine Gay. And those of you who dare criticize Ms. Gay for plagiarism, and for her inept handling of the anti-Semitism that sprung on Harvard University, there is a reason that you're doing it. We've learned this from the NAACP. That's what Rush used to call the NAACP. He used to call it the National Association for Liberal Colored People. Um, the NAACP president, Derek Johnson, says, if you attack, if you dare attack Harvard President Claudine Gay, your attacks on her leadership are nothing more than political theatrics advancing a white supremacist agenda. So there you go. If you you find any of her behaviors or, yeah, just horrid, Horrid mishandling of the anti-Semitism at Harvard. Your criticism is invalid, and all you're doing is advancing white supremacy. Likewise, Nicole Hannah-Jones, this is the 1619 Project woman, was on CNN, and her response again if you dare attack Ms. Gay up at Harvard University, or you criticize her, I shouldn't even say attack. If you criticize her, it's because you are racist. You are racist. So you've been waiting for those of you. I was waiting for the race card to be played. It had to be played. That's all liberals have. So now they've played it. You're advancing. Up. By the way, okay, let me quiz the staff. Oh, I love doing this. Oh, I love quizzing more staff. Diego, a quick question for you. Yes. Okay, let's talk about two presidents for a moment. President Claudine Gay and President Joe Biden. Okay. What one thing do both of them have in common? Uh, one thing they have in common. Tick tock. Tick. I mean, I guess they both uh, refuse to condemn anti-Semitism. Uh-huh. 
Uh, let's see. Let's go to Matt. Yes, sir. Matt, two presidents. One is the president of Harvard, Miss Claudine Gay. The other is the president of the United States of America. That would be Joe Biden. What do they have in common? Um, that they both have a history of plagiarization. Boom! 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 Joe Biden plagiarized Neil Kinnock's speech ages ago. He was an English chap there, across the pond, and he got busted for it. Still, he rose to become president. And here you have this president there at Harvard. She's been slighted. The Harvard won't call it plagiarism because she's not a student. They've kicked students out of that place for doing the exact same thing she's done. But anyway, she's plagiarist. And so we've got two presidents at the top of their game, top of the heap, a number one and all that. And they both got something in common. They're both bloody plagiarist. Yes. Yeah, too bad you weren't alive when this was a hit, Diego. I regret it every day. Yeah, these were the good days. How dare I be born in 1998? 1998, man, all the fun had passed. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, there's a reason we're playing this. has to do with the songwriters. Joe Osborne, the bass guitar player, actually. He was a session musician in Los Angeles, member of the Wrecking Crew. They did so many records. Mamas, Papas, Carpenters, The Association, Fifth Dimension, Simon Garfunkel, and he's on this one by the Fifth Dimension. Time to check in with good old Bob. And then we'll come back. Your call is a welcome 800-848-WABC as we celebrate presidential plagiarism here on WABC. Is on the air. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, girl, what you doing down there? Birthday today, Joyce Wilson, born in 1946, from the group Dawn. Well, that's Tony Orlando. Yes, and Dawn. Dawn's in the background, all of them. But she's a singer with Dawn. Of course, this one, their big hit, knocked three times. I understand Tony Orlando, our own Tony Orlando, because you can hear him here on the weekends, is going to have a big show in Las, in uh, Las Vegas coming up later this year. Uh, next year, early next year. This year's almost over. Meet me in the hallway. Whoa, 
Huh. Knock three times. Meet me in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I could hear that being a Me Too theme. Hashtag Me Too. Um, okay. <laughs> the United States Senate is coming back to uh, work on Monday, unlike the House. The House, they passed the defense bill. Conservatives, by the way, hardcore conservatives are ticked. A lot of the things that they wanted in the defense bill were left out, taken out. And they're not happy about it. But the defense bill passed anyway. Now, I happen to have another view about that. I'm Look, I wish that the things that some of the things that folks like Chip Roy wanted in that bill were in that bill. And that bill also, by the way, has some very troubling aspects to it with regard to widespread surveillance of American citizens. And there's a little, uh, there's a little thing in there about Pfizer that I have to look into. I wasn't quite clear on what that aspect of it was. But my take on all of it is that this is the ugly process that most of us never see. We're actually getting bills now passed through the House of Representatives. Usually, the defense bill does pass. It's one of the only appropriations that does pass. I think for the last 63 years in a row, there's been a defense bill. But the House, under the new speaker, is making progress, and sometimes it's incremental. So the, 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 the House members said, okay, we passed the defense bill. We're going home. We'll see you next year. Bye. We're not working anymore till next year. See ya. Vacation. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Right? The Senate is coming back to work because the Senate wants to give more of your tax dollars to Ukraine. They, in the defense bill, there's about 330 or, or something like that. I believe it's 330 million or something. But it's nowhere near the amount of the billions of dollars that Ukraine is demanding from you. The Senate wants them to do it. The House, under the new speaker, has said, you're not getting any money for Ukraine unless you do something with the borders. And there is the rub. The Senate is coming back. They are trying to negotiate border security so that they can give. This is what it takes for them to get the border straight. Not because the border is a prime interest of America. Not because it is a national security issue for America. But because the Ukrainians want money. That's the only reason Democrats are addressing at all any border concerns. That ought to tell you so much about who these people are. The White House is talking. They have input on this border deal. And that, ladies and gentlemen, has caused some friction in the Democrat Party. Latino leaders in the Hispanic caucus are beyond ticked off. They weren't consulted. They didn't know that these talks were going on. They are saying that what is being discussed is bringing back some of the Trump-era policies that worked. 
TheHill.com, Hispanic Leaders on Border Talks. It's a trap. It's a trap. By the way, we have many people from across the broad spectrum of life, many Hispanic listeners too. And over the next few days, if you can't get in today, I'd love to hear what you think about this because the people that claim they represent you are really angry. The Congressional Hispanic Caucus and the Congressional Progressive Caucus are saying Republicans continue to hold funding for America's allies hostage at the expense of migrants. Closing the border, making sure that we have border security, they are saying is being done at the expense of migrants, which is not a proper term. At the expense of illegal aliens would be a more accurate term. Then they're saying what we hear on the table in these quote-unquote negotiations, a return to Trump-era policies. It is not a fix. In fact, it will make the problem worse. Mass detention. I love the way that they come up with this crap. Just like they, if, right now, that's why you have so many criminals roaming the streets now, because the progressives and the Democrats claimed that jailing criminals was mass incarceration. And it primarily hurt black and people of color. Mass detention, gutting our asylum system. The asylum system is a joke. Nobody is vetting the tens and hundreds of thousands of people who are claiming to be asylum seekers. Their stories are not vetted. Title 42 on steroids. It is unconscionable. That's what uh, Alex Padilla, he's California. So it's, it's actually unconscionable to fix our, our broken immigration system. This is what Hispanic leaders in the House, they are saying that fixing it like this is a hard slap in the face to all the Latino and immigrant communities we represent. And that's why I want to ask many of you who are in these communities, do you think this is a slap in the face to actually get our borders under control? That's slapping you in the face? Imagine the administration trying to cut a deal on voting or civil rights without bringing members of the Congressional Black Caucus to the table. That would never be tolerated. We can't. So Joe Biden has X'd out the Hispanic Caucus. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh at that. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Um, told the Hispanic Caucus and the Progress go take a hike. We're going to negotiate. We want this money for Ukraine so bad, we're not even going to talk to you. Remember, folks, the driver for all of this is to give Ukraine more money. That's the only reason, and this is at the insistence of the House and the new Speaker of the House who has held firm, no, we are not going to give any money to Ukraine unless we get the border straightened out. So Chuck Schumer's in there talking border. President Joe Biden, Joe Biden is in there talking border. They told the Hispanic caucus to go take a hike. Adios, amigo. Hasta luego. Let the doorknob hit you with a good lord. Anyway, they just said, no, thank you. Go home. 
Enjoy the holidays. No trabajo for you. Get out. But they're talking about border security because they want this money for Ukraine so desperately. And the Hispanic leaders are annoyed that we may actually have, as a result of this, some control over this invasion that has been happening for the entire Biden presidency. It's astounding. Meanwhile, leave it to me to ask the questions that no one else will ask. How those dreamers doing? You know, the dreamers? The dreamers. You remember the dreamers? Every time Republicans are in office, they talk about the dreamers. Oh, the Republicans are terrible. They don't want to do anything for the dreamers. The kids that were brought here against them, well, they didn't know. And they're awful. And then here we are again, three years into a Joe Biden presidency. What do we have about the dream? Nothing. Just like the first term of Obama. Oh, the dreamers, the dream. They did absolutely bull squat for the dreamers. Nothing. They only use the dreamers when they want to beat up Republicans when Republicans are in office. That's when the little Hispanic boys and girls around the country become useful political pawns. Then we can talk about the dream. When's the last time you heard anybody talk about the dreamers, Diego, besides me? Who cares about the dreamers? Nobody cares about the dreamers. Now Joe Biden and the Democrats are in charge. Where's the dreamer program? There isn't one, and there won't be one. Just like they're telling the Hispanic leaders to go take a hike, we got to get money from Ukraine. You guys go take a hike somewhere. And yet, on Election Day, they're going to be pretending they're your best friend. Oh, the adultery song. Oh, yeah. It's Whitney Houston. Yeah, you've got your family. You're married. I know I'm in, like, third place. But, baby, I got to have you. I'm saving all that good stuff. On this day in 1985, Whitney Houston scores her first number one single, Across the Pond. And I had no idea that this song was a cover. Yeah, it was a minor hit for Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. in 1978. And by this time, it had already been number one in the States. Time to check in with Lou Dobbs. And then, of course, your telephone call. known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. I what day it was when you walked into the room. Oh, man. Sir Rod Stewart, oldest male solo artist to have a number one album. And again, this was Across the Pond back in 2019. This went to number one. 74 years and 11 months old. When this went to number one, Rod Stewart. I really must 
She, I saw him in Madison Square Garden ages ago. He did such a great show. Uh, Diego, I need you to translate something. I'll make it quick. And by the way, I'm not, this, folks, this translation is not Diego's opinion. So don't ascribe anything that I'm saying to Diego. I'm just asking him to translate something for me. Okay. My brothers and sisters. Mis hermanos y hermanas. The Democrats are beginning to treat you. Los demócratas te están tratando. Just like they've been treating American black people for decades. Igualmente como están, uh, let me think about this. Tratando a los morenos de Estados Unidos por décadas. Wake up. Despierten. Thank you. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Let's start in uh, New Jersey with Jason. Jason, you're on WABC. What is on your mind this afternoon? Thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I hope it's good for everyone. Blessed. I, I heard uh, last week on the talk radio show, uh, they were talking to some general from the Pentagon, and he was saying that uh, the Pentagon is sending Ukraine all our old weapon systems, and they're building new ones. Well, if that is true, why didn't Biden send them in the beginning? I'll tell you what, why didn't they send them all the stuff we left in Afghanistan? All the billions of dollars in American uh, military equipment that Joe Biden left for the terrorists in Afghanistan. Thank you for the call, Jason. Robert, in Brooklyn, you are up next. Robert going once, Robert going twice, Robert is going. Let's go to Cyrus in Staten Island. How are you? Fine. Yeah, I wanted to tell you about that. You're so right about the way... <laughs> Um, the Democrat Party has treated us all my life. I've heard that, uh, oh, why are you trying to act white? You're trying because I want to be educated and I want to be rich. And and, and same thing they are. The Jews have found out how much they grin in their face and hate them. And it's exactly what they're going to do to blacks and Asians because they're communists, period. Cyrus, thank you very much. Joaquin, Pennsylvania, you are up next. Hey, I heard a man boast nerdly, and he spoke to me on the radio. With wit, humor, wisdom, he talked of life, song, and politics in his golden voice. Oh, Mr. Boast nerdly, thanks. And I have a musical rep recommendation for Mr. Curtis Sliwa. Well, you'll have to tell Curtis because we have to go, and I have to tell you something, and I'm going to be reminding you all next week. You Rush fans, Chip Davis from Mannheim Steamroller is going to be on with us next Wednesday. You know how much Rush loved Mannheim Steamroller. You know how much he loved the Christmas music. Chip Davis from Mannheim Steamroller next week on Boston Early's Rush Hour. I'll keep reminding you about that so you don't miss it. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your families, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we will be back tomorrow for the Friday edition of Boston Early Rush Hour. And until then, bye.
77 WBC News, first at 59 past the hour, 39 degrees, mostly clear on this Thursday, December 14th. Good afternoon, I'm Bob Brown. The 77 WBC News Desk is driven by Audi Manhattan. We have a gridlock alert today. Leave the car home if you're coming in this evening to see a show or just to check out the trade. Breaking news, WABC. Man is dead after barricading himself in a Lower East Side apartment when NYPD officers attempted to question him in connection with an unsolved shooting on the Upper East Side. It happened shortly before noon when the man suddenly barricaded himself with a gun in a bedroom inside an apartment on Eldridge Street. The officers sent in a drone. The man attacked it with a broomstick. Authorities say he then fired shots at officers striking one of their ballistic shields. Officers returning fire, striking the man before he was later pronounced dead. An investigation continues. A steer is no longer on the loose in New Jersey. A 